Hey, and welcome to episode 28 of The Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pino. And we're here to talk to you about movies, music, TV, and whatever else we want to talk about this week. Let's get to the news. First bit of news isn't really news, but I noticed that Handmaid's Tale has a season four. Um, I wasn't aware of this. I haven't seen any advertising for it. I, I use Hulu. Have you watched the show? Yeah, I watched the first two seasons and was so bored by the end of the second season, I quit watching. Yeah, I haven't given it a chance yet. I've like I've heard good things again about the first couple seasons, but I don't know anyone that's like an active watcher of it. So, yeah, this is also news to me, but I really don't get on Hulu a ton. So I just expected a little more marketing towards this. I, it's crazy that this flew under my radar completely to right. the point that I did not know if it was, coming, was out. coming out. Yeah, at all until I think. IGN or somebody uh, had a review for an episode. But yeah, mm-hmm. totally. All right. Uh, next piece of news, kind of the weekend box office, kind of not. The new Demon Slayer movie, anime movie, not sure if you've heard of it. It's called Demon Slayer Mugen Train. Uh, it beat out Mortal Kombat at the box office this week. Nice. But what that also means is now the highest grossing anime movie worldwide. <laughs> beating out Spirited Away. Uh, yeah, the total stands at $469 million. It is also Japan's number one movie ever. Are we watching it? I don't know. I think you have to watch the show, the first season of the show first, and then watch the movie. Yeah, well, I... I... No, there's no way. There's no way. No way what? It's got to be an independent movie. I mean, it, it might help if you know the characters, but there's no way they can... A movie doesn't do that successfully if it can't function independently i really think you need to know the characters i don't think so. it might be a one-off story but i think it's takes place after season one yeah uh well here's the thing i kept reading about this and found another article that talked about the creator of the show and the payment for the licensing of the story of the demon slayer saga whatever you want to call it they apparently paid this man $38,000 $38,000 plus $19,000 for the movie rights. Um, that's like $60,000 yeah. for a movie that's grossed $469 million. It's pretty, pretty good deal. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got ripped off there, and uh, that's just a little blatant. Well, is it they got ripped off, or did they completely undervalue it? You know, he was a hidden gem. Yeah, well, it was that because he apparently is an amateur uh, manga writer. So oh. when he wrote this, he was just writing it for his job, you know, for the company. And they thought it was just going to be another manga or whatever. Another shonen. I, I feel like a manga writer, if it's a, you know, if it's not like One Piece or some huge thing that's got like a million people buying it every fucking month, that, uh, you know, like. $60,000 is like a fucking lot of money. You know, that's like that's like two years pay or, you know, maybe a year and a half pay. I feel like that's totally fine. That's reasonable. That's not... Right, but I think it's the fact that there's no sort of system like, after yeah, the fact. He didn't keep a percentage of ownership or something. Yeah, right? he didn't but get he's any... He's not seen a few million after this. Exactly. People are going to know his name and that's it. He's going to still be exactly where he's at, you know. No, that could still mean a lot. I, I don't know how the manga industry works, but like I think in like Hollywood, that would go a long way. 
I mean, you're you're not wrong. I just it's a like little Whiplash weird. and Damien Chazelle. Like he's literally done one other movie in his La La Land, and everyone's like, Damien Chazelle is one of the best directors and writers of all time. Didn't he do that? Uh, Neil Armstrong he did, movie? he did a little independent. No, he did a little independent like park bench thing for like his Harvard thesis. Who did that something. Neil Armstrong movie then? Neil Armstrong movie. Yeah. Came out. Um, a year ago, maybe two years ago, called The First Man. Oh, okay, so he's done now a third movie. You're right, he did do that. And it did win like, some Golden Globes. So, again, so. like, I'm not saying he's a bad director or anything, but I think for such a small repertoire, like, he's super overhyped. And it's simply because he did one really good thing, and his name got known, and boom, he was in. So, it's not awful. And, like, Whiplash didn't make, you know, a zillion dollars. You know what I'm saying? So... Well, yeah. Uh, we'll follow. Well, this will be a thread. Yeah, this the man be. needs more money. The new Queeby because we 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 lost Queeby. <laughs> all I'm saying. Okay, I know you've heard of posthumous album releases. Well, how about a posthumous movie release? Uh, yeah, apparently, Star Wars, Carrie Fisher. Okay, well, this is a like director chair, but apparently, George Romero's widow, Suzanne Romero, is producing one more of his films. Uh, there's going to be a co-director who's going to tackle the story and help rewrite it and do whatever it needs to be done. It's going to be called Twilight of the Dead. I'm hoping it's not as schlocky and B-movie as his past movies. All of them. <laughs> not all not of them. I wouldn't say that. all of them. Okay, I would say the last mm-hmm. 20 years of them. Maybe <laughs> 15, 20 years of them. If you said that 20 years of my being a doctor was mediocre, <laughs> you would call me a mediocre doctor. So, Yeah, but you had a really promising career. You did a lot for the medical field. You know. That gives you something, right? Alright, well, uh, that's supposed to come out next year. Guess we'll see about it. So, Tom Hanks has a new movie called Finch. And... Mm-hmm. It's supposed to come out in theaters this year, but Apple Plus or Apple TV Plus, whatever, has bought rights to it. it. Mm-hmm. Very classic Apple. Uh, yeah, Finch is going to be about Tom Hanks living in a bunker after an apocalyptic solar event. Then he forms a bond with a dog named Goodyear and a robot that he made. Um, I don't even understand. So it's... A non-zombie I Am Legend? I guess, but with a dog and a robot, or an android. Or I Am Legend a has a dog. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. With a bot- robot, then. Yeah. Well, it's just iRobot and I Am Legend put together. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I just don't see Tom Hanks as the post-apocalypse guy, but, you know, he can it pretty much... like the old, savvy grandpa, like, you know, tinkery engineer dude who's fucking tinfoil had it his way to live if i could if i could see that well i mean that's i guess that's exactly what he's going to do this year but i'm not sure the tone on it you know is it just gonna be a straight up drama i think that's probably, probably. gonna be my biggest uh concern because if I it's lighthearted like, in any way the robot especially i hope they don't go for comedic value but who knows i think he'll be so crazy and quirky and weird that that will be funny you know, like when there's moments of lightness, it'll be because he's like clearly 
like a deranged man. I I would pay for a castaway, but just post apocalypse. Right. Yeah, That's yeah, kind of what I'm okay. thinking. But not but not like castaway where it's like obviously intentionally funny, and more like castaway where he's it's it's a strange situation where at least in his little bubble he's probably like the last man, you know. Assumingly. I mean, I, I hope that's how that goes. Um, but you know what Tom Hanks and He-Man have in common? Almost nothing other than this transition. Uh, <laughs> so the new He-Man movie has apparently lost its He-Man. Oh. Yeah. Darn it. Noah. Before it even kicked yeah, off. Noah Centineo, an actor I'm not that familiar with. Was supposed yeah. to play He-Man, and for unknown reasons, he's gone. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird, because that was supposed to start filming literally in two months, I think. Um, you No, I'm happy we've talked about it ad nauseum, but fuck that He-Man movie. I hope it never comes out. I hope it never sees the light of day. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> it's going to be dumb. You know you want all the homoerotic action scenes that you can handle, okay? Like, ugh, what? Like... No. What kid knows He-Man or talks about He-Man these days? I don't know. I'm not sure. So, again, one of the age-old questions of who's this for exactly? Because I think they do have that uh, Netflix anime coming out, the Kevin Smith one. That's supposed to be coming out this year. Mm -hmm. So maybe that might be testing the waters a bit. Who knows? Sure. Who, know who knows and who cares until it actually comes out? Exactly. All right, uh, it's been announced that Taika Waititi will portray the pirate Blackbeard in an HBO Max original show called Our Flag Means Death. It is going to be a comedy about pirates. So if it's, this yeah. is Waititi's take on like Pirates of the Caribbean, I'm so in. It's crazy. I'm uh, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, uh, what we do in the shadows, but pirate themed, sounds pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. A hundred percent. I could see this being hilarious, actually. I know HBO's not been too successful with their original comedies lately. Uh, they had that... I name one. They had that Avenue 5, the space one with Hugh Laurie. Didn't watch it. Okay, they had uh, the Righteous Gemstones. Didn't watch it. Okay, they had... Um... Actually, wait. The Hugh Laurie is like a space TV. It's not like a movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Sitcom. Yeah, I did watch like an episode of that, and I hated it. It was okay. I didn't hate yeah. it. It was pretty... The comedy was cringe. I like Hugh Laurie a lot, and obviously he did well on it, but the, the writing I thought was lack. Well, the first episode did actually suck, though. It did, <laughs> oh, it did wow. get better. It did get better. <laughs> okay. I just need to clarify that. Um, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll pick it back up. Well, maybe not, because I haven't heard anything about a season two. Probably because the first episode sucks so much dick. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, this just then Avenue Five canceled. It's crazy. Just just got that in. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for that. I feel like pirate things have kind of there. There, there's been a definite lull in pirate things the last in, while. In a good way, I think too. I think people took a break, and we've abused the fucking zombie vampire narrative to absolute shit. Right, but. I don't think pirates have been overdone. And pirates have been underdone for me. Like the only big thing I can think of that's pirates related is pirates of the Caribbean. So there was um also why do we call it care 
like not Caribbean. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Don't when know. we say Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. I think that's just a uh, movie marketing or marketing magic, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. I have no idea, but I was just going to say that I totally lost my train of thought. That's what I was going nice. to say. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. No, 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 no. I was going to say the other big pirate thing was black sails. I think that's what that was called. It was the stars TV show. I watched the season or two of that. It didn't really grip me. I think it's called Black Sails. Yeah, West Indies, so parts of the Caribbean, literally. Yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty decent. It wasn't bad. It seemed like it was kind it was of trying like to do too actual, much. It was like a historical drama, as opposed to... As opposed to Johnny Depp bumbling around being drunk guy. Yeah. Which is a million times better, so... You're right. I mean, I, I probably would watch a Pirates of the Caribbean show before I'd watch another season of Black Sails. So it could just be a Jack Sparrow the TV show, and I'd be sold. And Disney Plus could do that right now. They if could, but they he don't wasn't want canceled. To. If yeah. he wasn't canceled, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he wasn't canceled. All right. Uh, some more HBO Max news. Word on the street is that the Epic's original show Pennyworth, which is about Alfred Pennyworth, uh, Batman's butler is oh. moving to HBO Max, which is great because yeah, that's great news. I, I've never wanted to sign up for Epics enough to watch this one single TV show. Mm-hmm. And with it being on HBO Max, I hope a lot more people watch it. I think uh, season three is like just coming out this year, so the timing should be perfect. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to actually finally watch it because who has Epics? Didn't even know it was a streaming platform. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who it's owned by. Maybe Warner. <laughs> Maybe it's just... Probably Warner, and they're just now merging all their shit. They're doing the Disney Hulu thing. I mean, that's what they do with the Cinemax things. I don't even know if Cinemax is alive so, anymore. Yeah, uh, probably not. Yeah, after they added Banshee and the Nick, it's... I have no idea what else they'd even have to add. But, okay. Uh, speaking of some casting... Because we totally were speaking of some casting. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like two topics ago. <laughs> yeah. So there has been a Conan the Barbarian spinoff called Red Sanja. It's a character in the Conan universe. I don't know if she was actually in the movies, but she's in the comic books and extended universe properties. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. been gestating for 10 years, 10 plus years. It is finally cast Hannah John Kamen. I think it's Hannah John Kamen as the lead role, Red Sanja. Uh, she played Ghost in Ant-Man 2, if you're not aware. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of nice that this movie is finally sort of getting off the ground. I'm not even a big Conan guy at all. I don't really know the lore even, but... I, yeah, you said fucking Red Sonja or whatever her name is, and I just went, cool. I, I, I literally just have read about this movie for years and years and years, and it still hasn't come out. You know, it's like if the Halo TV show actually comes out this year. It won't. I'll, I'll probably talk about it if there's a trailer. I will definitely talk about it, just because I don't believe it, you know? Right, right. We've been waiting too long. All right. Uh, you know, back to the HBO. We got some news about Succession Season 3. They have casted Adrian Brody and Alexander Skarsgård in reoccurring roles. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Adrian Brody is going to play 
a billionaire activist guy, and Alexander Skarsgård has an unknown role. But the fact that they're bringing two pretty big-name actors into a third season of a show, it's kind of cool. Yeah, speaks pretty well to the show, I think. I mean, the, the show's really, it's pretty damn good. Uh, season, I never watched it. Yeah, season two ends really well. It, it's almost got a Mad Men flair to it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But not similar at all. I think if you just, you know, listen to the writing and just how the scenes transpire, it's definitely got a Mad Men flair. Uh, just smart writing, you know? Right. Things sort of happen, but after the episode ends, you're kind of wondering what even happened. You just know some conversations occurred. Hmm. <laughs> you know, classic good TV. Classic good TV, when you don't even know what you just watched. <laughs> I mean, I blame The Wire for starting it, okay? The Wire started this all, this whole mess. I really need to sit down and watch The Wire. Good luck. Good luck, man. No, I do. I do. Good luck. I mean, I I made it till season four, and I just couldn't take it. I really couldn't. It's a lot. I I, I almost forgot episodes as I was watching them. It was a weird thing. Like, what just happened? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's funny. All right, some more HBO news. So that new Green Lantern Core show that HBO mm-hmm. Max announced last year. It has cast Guy Gardner in actor Finn Whitrock. He is an American Horror Story. I mean, literally, he's in six or seven seasons of American Horror Story, I'm pretty sure. And what's interesting to me most about this is that they're going with Guy Gardner. Um, right, as the, like, Earth Lantern? Yeah, exactly. So I wonder if Kyle Rayner or Jon Stewart even gonna show up i know they said how jordan was not going to i think they've com- they confirmed that when they announced it but i don't know i just don't know if guy Gardner's, you know has that name recognition or I mean, any sort of branding i don't i i feel like for the superhero people who watch it it will slightly matter and i think for literally anyone who goes like oh green lantern a cool a new like superhero movie they, I, I don't think most people even know Hal Jordan. Like, no cap. I think most people go Green Lantern. Maybe. That's fair. I mean, you know, you're you're probably, you're most definitely right. Especially casual audiences. That's right. And that's exactly, I'm, I'm not referring to anyone who would, like, people who you go, who say, like, oh, I like the Avengers. And you say, name the Avengers. And they go, like, Iron Man, Captain America, the other ones. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like... Those people, they go, Green Light is cool. He's got a ring. Well, Brian okay. Reynolds, how that movie? <laughs> that, that also makes me wonder, are they saving Jon Stewart for something? Probably. It's kind of weird that they, because I'm pretty sure previously they said Simon Baz and the newest Green Lantern. Um, I can't think of her name right now, but Simon Baz Whatever. and her. So it was definitely going to be, you know, secondary lanterns. So I'm wondering if they're going to save Jon Stewart for maybe a standalone movie or something. I was thinking, we mentioned it when we were watching the uh, Snyder Cut, but like there was that dead, remember the dead lantern? Yeah, Kilowog. Yeah. I'm like, and again, I'm not very good with Green Lantern lore and like the you know, a lot. chronology of, you know, which lantern was when, but are they still possibly like expanding and keeping the like you know cinematic universe intact enough 
Uh, no, because I'm pretty damn sure Kilowog's in the show. Hmm. Well, so, if it well, is, if it is a part of the cinematic universe, it's a part of the Joss Whedon cinematic right. universe, and not yeah. the Zack Snyder cut, which is weird. <laughs> it's just really weird with the situation they've caused. Yeah, it's a strange, strange place to be. All right. Uh, speaking of superheroes. This is kind of an update to a previous story, but you know that new Superman movie that is being written by Ta-Nehisi Coates? Uh-huh. Uh, apparently, they are committed to having a black director and possibly a black Superman. It is rumored to follow the Clark Kent story, Kryptonian Clark Kent, old-fashioned Superman story, but uh, it's... You know, it's kind of interesting that Warner Bros. is doubling down on this. I kind of respect the move. I think it's a dope move. My I, All reservations that I hold for Ta-Nehisi Coates aside as just like, you know, a writer. But I think it's really interesting and it's good. I mean, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I have literally no qualms with it. And it's exactly like, I think... And it's a point I've brought up before. It's an interesting conversation to have, I guess. But, like, you know, it's the same thing with, like, a character being gay. And then, like, there's literally nothing about them being gay. There's no, you know, intrinsic trauma or burden or weird social stigma. It's like, oh, no, it's just me and my boyfriend. And we're just, that's it. I'm just the gay character. And, like, similarly, there's a lot of non-tokenized black characters now. And so now you kind of have to go, like, the full reversal of like okay it's superman and it's the same superman story you know and now he's just black and like that should i totally be normal i'm totally like if you're going to do remakes don't have a cookie cutter fucking henry cavill white buff dude who with black hair like it just it gets a little cliche and it feels a little samey every time so it's interesting to like change the dynamic up and obviously you know in a time where racial sensitivities are somehow at a like all-time high and low it's a very weird place to be uh but yeah it's, it's really cool i think yeah uh, I, I i'm definitely listen uh ta-nehisi coates writing a superman movie just the idea of that sounds good enough to watch and so you're adding just a twist on superman and tackling that same issue that uh the recent captain america winter soldier tried to tackle you know, just having a black Captain America and what the indications or, or sorry, implications are of that. I think that's going to be really cool. So I don't know if we have a release date on that. I'd assume 2023, you know, two years or yeah, so. Yeah, I think, I think two years is safe. Yeah, that's, that's how superhero movies sort of work, two or three years to take. Okay. It's like one year to finish the writing and hiring, one year to shoot, right. then release. Yeah, uh, I read another article, but it was literally based on nothing. It said that they were looking for a no-name actor to play Superman, which... Perfect for me. That's one of my biggest (laughs) gripes. I hate when fucking... Here comes Ryan Reynolds, who I know from a million other movies, coming to play fucking Hal Jordan. You're like, stop. Like, So, yeah, that couldn't be better for me. Yeah, uh, you know what? We'll probably be talking about that once they actually cast Superman and all that and find a director. If if they go like, oh, it's Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan... (laughs) You're like, that's Kal-El and fucking uh, Jor-El. And you're like, oh, cool. cool. Okay, you know fucking Jor-El, but you don't know Green Lantern names? What do you mean? Jor-El's his dad, right? Yeah, I I mean, you're correct. 
just confused. Okay, yeah, no, whatever, whatever. Um, it's not even that Green Lantern names, there's like a literal million Green Lanterns. They're like the fucking police force. It's like saying I know every cop yeah. in my city. It's like, what are you talking about? I, I might know a name. cop, and I knew one Superman, and one Superman's father, because I know my friend and my friend's father. It's not that weird. Alright, alright, alright. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it moving. It's uh, the biggest superhero of all time. Yeah, what are you yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah. On to some more streaming news, <laughs> not necessarily some HBO news. <laughs> Netflix is adapting Dark Horse's Lady Killer comic book. They are adapting it into a movie. I do not believe it's going to be a TV show. It's going to star Blake Lively and written by Diablo Cody. Which what the fuck has Blake Lively done in the last... That's what I was thinking. When is the last time she's been in anything? I She's just living off that Ryan Reynolds money. You know, I, I mean, I just thought she took a break. Um, nah. just... She had Gossip Girl, and then she fell off the face of the earth. Was there ever a Gossip Girl remake? Or soft reboot, maybe. whatever? Maybe like a four TV kind of movie thing. That's what I was assuming would happen, you know, someday. But yeah, it's it's kind of weird that Blake Lively's getting a lead role like this. Uh, it's not weird that, you know, they're trying to adapt even more comic books into movies, and especially Dark Horse. I'm pretty sure Umbrella Academy was Dark Horse. And that uh, that Maz Mikkelsen movie that I... Polar? Is that... I wanted to call it like Tundra or Arctic, but it's... I think you called it Arctic. I think it's called Polar, maybe. Okay, well, it's one of those. Yeah, I that's. Know. I think I both know. of those are Dark Horse comics, so it's not surprising that Netflix is keeping up that pattern. Uh, in case you didn't know, Lady Killer is about a 1950s housewife who also leads a double life as a killer, assassin. So, you know, one of those classic plot lines. Just classic. <laughs> yeah. All right. And the last bit of news I kind of hate. So it's been announced that Selena Gomez will star in a movie called Spiral, where she plays a damaged influencer who suffers from a life-altering addiction to social media. Now I don't really hate this. Show. You said you said influencer. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Influencer. Influencer who suffers from a life-altering whatever. Um. I don't hate that so much as that apparently Drake is producing said movie. So there's a lot of trying to courting and grooming young girls in this movie. Is that what this is about? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Drake's playing the long game, okay? Gotta get the Selena Gomez movie. He understands it. I, this is just so weird to me. Is is this going to be a thing? Drake's going to start producing movies. And he's just going to have, you know, Oscar-nominated movies, uh, you know, on top of his 28 enough. Grammys. He's rich enough. Right? That, that's what I'm saying. You can just go into every other industry once you hit that point? Yeah. Oh. That is it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Period. <laughs> well, uh, that was the last bit of news. If you want to take us I, to our I have, album releases. I have two small things oh, that I totally. kind of mentioned or brought up um they're kind of tangential the first one that i forgot to write down but actually we'll start with the one that i did write so did you see that thing because it's posted there in the news section so i wasn't sure if you looked at it but that marvel celebration of movies and like the forward like it's a video that like and slash article that like outlines their you know next phase movies basically i'm gonna be honest i wasn't sure if i put that on the news so i just moved it down (laughs) Yeah, I put it there because I was like, that's fine. I don't care. I, I didn't really want to talk about it too much. Basically, just 
everything we've either already mentioned or things that you could completely guess that they like put a release date on Eternals and they put a release date on No Way Home and the Doctor Strange movie and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but another like Disney related, I mean, it's actually not, it is Disney that for May the 4th, they just dropped that TV show. Did you see that? The Bad Batch? Yeah, the Bad Batch, like the yeah. spinoff Clone Wars thing. Yeah. I had. Did we talk about this? I had no idea that that was a thing that was even being made. Yeah, I, I think we talked about it on their uh, D24 or whatever, that one day we talked about all the Star Wars spinoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe in just December. Yeah, I think that was just one of the spinoffs you might admit. I mean, we literally talked about six or we seven. We talk about a lot of stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and this... And I, again, I don't really like Clone Wars too much anyway, so, I mean, it's fine. I'll watch it if, like, my dad's watching or something, but uh, I thought it was really interesting that they can just, like, surprise drop a spinoff series like this. Uh, that wasn't uh, a surprise drop. I don't believe. I thought it was. I think it's been, people have been knowing I mean, it's May the 4th for a while. Oh, maybe. Okay. I, I thought it was, people knew it was supposed to come out this year, but no one knew when, and then they said, boom. But you know, I, I don't know enough about the situation to argue with you, so you might be right. Because I'll like okay, I went to the marketing on their wiki page, and it says Kathleen Kennedy promoted the series December tenth on that Investors Day when they just dropped a bunch of you know things, mm-hmm. and then the trailer was released later that week, and then it got released on May fourth. So, well, if you're right, that actually is really cool. Yeah, so I'm like, I, I thought it was kind of whack. Or I mean, not whack, but crazy. Um, and I guess that first episode is like an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. And they're supposed to be like weekly episodes. And yeah, I, I'm not sure if they're all that long. But no, I think they're going to be half hours, the other ones. Even. I mean, I was just like, that's that's cool. And it, it's at least interesting enough. I don't think I like those characters or the story or the art to go, oh, I'll, I'll pay that some more attention. But yeah. Well, first I wanted to say, I didn't like The Bad Batch when I watched that new season of Clone Wars, so... Yeah, because I, I watched an episode with The Bad Batch, and I didn't particularly care yeah, for it. Yeah, so That's I don't I'm... care to watch a whole show with them. And then I'll say, they've set up this weird precedent, though. Like, is every May the 4th, fans are going to be expecting some drop for a show or movie? They're going to be like, hey, it's it. May the 4th, guys. Come on. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. It is Star Wars Day, right? So it's like, it makes sense. It makes sense, sure. It's just, they've set themselves up to fail, is what I'm saying. It's a dangerous precedent they're setting for themselves. Or they've set themselves up to succeed greatly because everyone knows to be hyped for May the 4th, and it'll be a big stream. Yeah, event. everybody knows to be hyped for Star Wars. Everybody. That, that panned out really well. I mean, it, critically terrible, monetarily speaking, insane for Disney. Literally the biggest IP, so... Like, oh, uh, people who aren't nerds and losers love Star Like, Star Wars is literally, like, the ubiquitous franchise. Bigger than Avengers, like, just ginormous. One last thing on this Disney thing. Mm-hmm. I did notice how they moved up Loki's release date by two days. Because now, apparently, their shows are coming out on Wednesdays. I guess the Friday time slot was not working out for them. Or the late Thursday night, early right. Friday. They did the morning. math. <laughs> It's better on Wednesdays or something. Yeah, so uh, which is just kind of interesting to me because I would have expected that from the get-go. I would have expected right. maybe Monday, you know, Sunday night, Monday morning. That's the HBO time. 
That's the prime time. It's always worked. So I think it's interesting that they're almost going back on their schedule of, oh, we're committed to this Thursday, Friday thing, and then, eh, never mind. But yeah. What's right, the other anyway. thing? No, that was it. The first one was the Marvel one. Second one was Star Wars. That's it. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, uh, we got albums. Uh, so tonight, or I guess this morning at midnight, uh, Sufjan Stevens put out an album. I'm not sure how familiar you are with my boy, fucking Sufjan or Sufjan. Yeah, dude. The Suvius was a banger way back when. Yeah, sure. Say what you will about it. Uh, it's fucking. I didn't even know he was an artist, and Shelby Street, of course, is obsessed with him. So. I tangentially became obsessed with it. Uh, and yeah, he, uh, he's got a new album coming out or came out, I guess today um, that I probably will check out a little bit of. Um, Cause even though I fucking hated the movie and it even watered down the song a little bit to me, he did the soundtrack to call me by your name. And that mystery of love song is amazing. Like really just incredible. Um, and so, yeah, like he's obviously a really talented, you know, folky Christian musician. Uh, he he's like yeah. There's like a lot of Christian, uh, what's the word, uh, like allusions and you know things in his I, writing. You know, I'm so glad that his audience is almost entirely based out of people who do hallucinogens. And yeah, well, yeah, like, and that's the fun. I mean, good job. That's not man. necessarily. That's not necessarily anti. He's not like I mean, a Christian artist. You know what I mean? He's a person of Christian faith who makes music. I think that's probably most musicians in the United States. Like if you just you know, pick them out of a hat. Anyway, so that's coming, or that came out. It's uh, like it's when Chance talks about it, you know. It is like when Chance talked about it, except Chance has now tried to become a Christian rapper, which is different. <laughs> <laughs> which is worse. Yeah, It's way worse. Um, then, you know, everyone's favorite fucking Disney duo, Ali and AJ. Uh, they got another album, and it's so, like, it falls under that category of bullshit I hate. This is a touch of the beat gets you up on your feet, gets you out, and then into the sun is the title of this fucking monstrosity. Um, that's the whole title of the album. That's the full title of the album. What, and of what, course, what's the acronym for that? Uh, A T B G Y U Y F G Y O T S. Oh man, that's gonna be <laughs> so know? easy to discuss. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and of course, you know, like every basic white girl i can think of it's stylized in lowercase because that's like you know the cool aesthetic the cool font that the kids are using nowadays the spotify um, playlist truly uh so yeah i i don't even know i don't even want to talk about it really. i'm just disappointed that that even has to be mentioned this week um then bb rexa i'm not sure if you're familiar again i know you don't follow pop music too much but she was like a behind the scenes person um which i kind of like to highlight these people but she wrote like uh the Monster by Eminem, the Grammy-winning song. I'm sure you can remember yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, she, like, wrote that. She writes for, like, Nick Jonas. She writes for, like, Selena Gomez. She writes for Florida Georgia Line. Basically, just every big pop group or person, like, she probably has put out a song or two for them. And so she's recently started making her own music. I shouldn't say recently, but she recently started getting popular for her own music. Uh, and she's got a new album coming out. Well, it should be interesting enough. She's pretty, again... People who ghostwrite and then become big usually are like really talented musicians. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see that one. It's called the Better Mistakes, and then we've got Weezer, fifteenth studio album. What year tomorrow. is it? 
Exactly. Uh, yeah, fifteenth studio album called Van Weezer. Uh, is that, sure. Is that a pun? I don't. I don't know. I don't. Who fucking knows, man? Who knows? Um, fortunately, it's short. It's ten tracks and like thirty-one minutes. So I will definitely listen to it. Um, interestingly, there's like Billy Joel is on this. Um, who is another person I saw? Maybe that was it. Maybe it was a different album. I was looking at, but yeah, Billy Joel's like on his track and helps write and is like singing on it. It's just, it's interesting. Sure, I mean it's not great. It's not. It's whatever. It's, it's, it's Weezer. Weezer. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing, just because it's funny, uh, Van Morrison, I guess, has a new record coming out, and it's just like, you know who Van Morrison is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why? It's called. I don't know. It's called the Latest Record Project Volume One. So this is like, I'm old and famous, and I can just take all the little things I've made and make a record, and that's it. Yeah, I, I really dig that thought process. Just music project two, you know, <laughs> literally, literally album one. That, <laughs> like, that's the save file name, you know. That's that's not the album right. name, right? It's uh, just like yeah, yeah, ship it. Okay. Yeah, that should be interesting. But BB Rexa and at least maybe the Weezer one and the Sufjan Stevens, cool enough. Uh, everything else kind of for me. And then we have the uh, J. Cole surprise album single uh, tonight as well. I think it's called Interlude, maybe? Intermission? <coughs> Intermission? I forget. I, for- I forgot to look. I think it's Interlude, though. It's going to be hilarious if the song's just an interlude. I mean, I... He said he wanted to do the like no singles thing, and then he does that literally... all the time. <laughs> like, does... Didn't he do that yeah, for uh, Forces yeah, Drive? And... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, he does these. You know, I'm not going to do any press or hype, and then I'm going to jerk myself off for being a successful, you know, musician. I'm Jacob. Uh, yeah. Cold world. <laughs> Cold world. Uh, but yeah, so he said he was going to do that again. And then said, you know, I was not feeling it, like, literally the next day. And just, you know, I, I forget if it's a tweet or maybe just all social media, but he was like, yeah, I'm going to put out a song tonight. And so it goes. So that's coming out today. And that's all from that. So Move on to show and tell highlights of the week. Yeah, you want to go? <laughs> I guess. I didn't really do anything. Uh, <laughs> I, I watched a lot of Hoarders because I'm just in the Gross. trash TV mood. And that's literal <laughs> trash TV. Literal, yeah, yes. Um, like actual garbage people and garbage things. I, I would advise watching it. It's pretty awful. It doesn't seem... It makes my skin crawl. I don't know how people live like that. Yeah, well, it just makes me feel better about any mess I have. You know, my desk has two water bottles on it. And that's, you know, that's still a little messy, but... <laughs> I, I immediately go like, oh... We're like the fucking worst society that's ever existed because we literally have people who hoard unnecessary things and like continually buy yeah. shitty, like, you know, single use. Like, it immediately goes to like climate and like awful shit in my head just yeah. from like one loser hoarding, like, you know, petty fucking napkins and like loose change and random just bullshit. Like, they will buy more trash than we will throw away just ever. Yeah. The whole lifetime. Yeah. I've, I've seen it. I've, I've watched it. Uh, but I, the only thing I want to talk about, Hoarders, is that my roommate has a theory that A&E produces Hoarders, right? You know, that's not the theory. But 
They also produce storage wars. Boom. They feed into each other. Yes. <laughs> Cracked it wide open. His theory is that they just take all the stuff out, sort through it, then put it into a storage container, and then boom, you got storage wars. That would totally make sense. Right? It, it, it kind of blew my mind a little bit because of how logistically it makes sense. You know, they're saving so much money off that. They don't even have to strive for content or anything. But uh No, that's that's pretty smart. That's yeah, pretty smart. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. Oh yeah, I also watched the uh, Yasuke. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Looks did, like Yasuke pronounced Yasuke. Yeah, did you watch Yasuke? I have not yet and I meant to, so Daniel was telling me about it. Big we talked rip. a little bit about it um, on accident. But I hear good things. I mean you don't have to spoil it, but you can talk if you want. It's pretty Same damn good. Piece. It's definitely for a certain audience. It's like a six or eight episode one, right? It's six. not very many. Yeah, yeah it's six or seven. It's nothing. Um, <clears throat> it's definitely for a very specific audience to the point that I don't know if I'd recommend it to everybody. You know, if I knew you liked old anime or not old anime, but older anime, early 2000s anime, you know, right. yeah, I'd Cowboy suggest Pop, this. Samurai Champloo. Yeah, of. exactly. Any of that, I'd probably suggest this because it really strikes that chord of just turning on Toonami and this would pop up. You'd hear this theme yeah. song over a promo. It's all that. It's just definitely it encapsulates that feeling. And it does that really well, but it almost does it too well to the point that it doesn't take time on anything. And I'm not going to try and spoil it for you at all, but it's weird to think or for me to think that an animated thing seems rushed. It, because the story just feels kind of like it goes and goes without giving you a chance to care about it. Hmm. Uh, almost, it's like that effect of Mad Max Fury Road, where you kind of don't have a chance to breathe, but that's a good thing. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite of that. Where you, there's no chance much. to breathe, yeah, so you don't care about any of the motivations, you're kind of thrown into this world kind of haphazardly. Um, yeah, like noticing the position of your tongue while you're trying to go to sleep phenomenon. Totally. Sure, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, like or, you know, like when you're focusing on your breathing and you can't get it out of your head. So like you end up focusing on the wrong shit. I, said, I mean, it's a dumb analogy. Yeah, okay, totally. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I definitely understood that connection. Uh, I will say the animation's <laughs> awesome. I complain about Netflix animation, anime all the time. Because it's low frame rate and it's over stylized to compensate for the low frame rate, which is whatever. But this is actually high frame rate animation. Looks yeah. great. Uh, it might be 3D CG, but they have a way to make it look exactly like 2D. And I'm totally content with that, you know? Right. <laughs> if you can make the 3D look like it's 2D, that's totally fine. Yeah. I'm not going to complain. How about uh, music? Yeah, I'll talk about it more if you watch it this week. Then I can actually spoil it a bit. And then the only thing I really listen to, I listen to a lot, but nothing worth sharing, really. Nothing I could write home about. But I did listen to the single Thank Thankful of DJ Khaled's new album. Uh, Khaled? I think that's what that album's called? Yeah, something like that. Khaled Khaled. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so I listened to Thankful featuring Jeremiah and Lil Wayne. It's pretty bad. It's pretty. Literally. 
literally the worst. It's it's really bad. Um, I went in thinking this is exactly how it was going to sound. It's definitely that. There's nothing this song does that's crazy. It even does the whole uh, choir, gospel choir, singing over the hook. You know how original that's been the last five years. Uh, <laughs> it's last five, like last eleven, bro. <laughs> well, I think it's gotten to this like boiling point the last five years. Right, like meat status, yeah. critical mass. Uh, it's it's really bad, and I'm excited to listen to that trash album. It's gonna be great. I'm it's really gonna happy. be terrible. And that that's really all I did. I think. Uh well, I'll kind of start with my music since we're already here, but um. There's a couple songs uh, worth mentioning, a couple songs I want to mention for negative reasons, but um, I think a couple. And so one that you put, The Sue with No Suits. Yeah. I think that was worth mentioning. I really liked that song. I thought it was really good. It, it's weird. The more I listen to it, the more I get this uh, Santana vibe, and I want to turn it off. Santana vibe. Yeah. Interesting. And I don't yeah. think I got that, but I'll have to re-listen to it with that in mind. Um and yeah, so Billie Eilish put out a new single for the, her album that's coming out in June, maybe June first even, um, called "Your Power." Fucking just terrible. Like I listened I to that. I wasn't. I was wondering if you liked that or not, or whether I was supposed to expect no, that I, sound. I, I like Billie Eilish enough, but her last couple of singles, I've really been like disappointed at best, and I don't know. It's just spicy. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, there's this. Uh, I forget which playlist it is, but there's like a I think it's the indie pop one. But there's this Neil Horan, Neil Horan flicker. Um I found excellent little singer songwriting. Kinda I don't know if it's sad boy exactly, but it's good. Um and then I think it's like a TikTok song that's gotten blown up. I don't even know when it came out, but it's Bia or I think it's Bia. That's how you say her name. But um song called whole lot of money came out um off her like most recent like 2020 album um and it's a banger it's so good i really like it uh but again i think it blew up because of again tiktok which is such an interesting way that music is being promoted now but such is life uh and then finally the last kind of interesting one that i want to talk about because i'm not even going to mention do rag activity just, just fuck off baby keen like you can't make the same song twice. Stop. Yeah, I can. <laughs> uh, that uh, this artist named Lil Sims, who is in a Netflix TV show I want to watch, um, she got this song called Venom. Uh, that wasn't her latest track. The latest track put me on her, but I went and listened to some other songs. So the latest track's called like Introvert. It's fine, not great, but Venom is like a really good song. She's a rapper, um, and it's really good. But again, if you don't like because I know one, you're already like not into grime just as a genre, but two, you're not really into like even just the British voice in rap. Guilty as uh, charged. <laughs> I don't know why, so, and I don't want to apologize to all British rappers, but my bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's like particularly grimy, um, but she definitely has an English accent. Um, and yeah, that's uh, uh, really good, and I particularly like both those sounds, so you know. Sue me. I like Skepta, um, and, and I then every I, artist, every rapper after Skepta, I didn't care for it. Sounds at like all. Skepta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I listened to that Imperfect Storm Wale, and that was really good. Right. I liked it a lot. Uh, 
But outside of that, I really didn't watch anything except, and I don't even really want to talk about because I haven't even fucking watched the stupid ass finale. But I watched those dumb, campy fucking popcorn, uh, Netflix original reality shows. Uh, Which one? So I was watching the, the Circle. Is the most recent one. Is that, that the uh, social watching. media one? Yes. Yes. It's ter- I mean, it's dumb TV, like oh, yeah. laziest TV of all time, but. It's kind of fun, and I like I like kind of fun. is fun enough, you know. Trash what I'm TV, like, baby. Trash I play, TV. I play World of Warcraft. You know what I'm saying? Kind of fun gets me there. So, but I haven't watched the finale, unfortunately. Wow, you don't even know who's like the next social time. media star that? Stop! Don't spoil it. Uh, I know you don't know the answer. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Steve, and then, you know it's Steve. <laughs> there's an, an the second season to the other one that I really like from Netflix, the uh, Love Is Blind one where like they just like talk through a wall basically and you never get to see the other person and then they get married i don't know if i've even seen that one this the love is blind in the circle came out like at the same time last year and basically felt like they filmed in the same place almost Mm -hmm. like (laughs) they used that same probably the same production company i mean it has to be and i don't know they're both interesting and like i I think it's because they were a different take on you know on a reality style like competition show or a reality style dating show um whereas like obviously there's things like the bachelor and the bachelorette but those are kind of played out i feel like like even if the any particular season is good or bad i don't care about like one dude getting a harem of women chasing after him and him picking one and vice versa for the lady you take I just that back like, flavor of love and Rock of Love, Love are top two TV shows all the time. Life of Love sucked donkey dicks and had one good scene in like one season. Okay, uh, but uh, I Love New York literally gave us Riff Raff. So, they did their part. Only, you're literally like one of ten Riff Raff fans. Like you, Andy I'm Milanakis, not even a fan anymore. that guy from the no, league. I, I'm going to argue that Lane Neon Icon... Neon Icon is a good album, and that's all. That's all I'll say. Nah. Nah. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. I think that's all I listened to and watched. So. I, I, I should, I, I've, I've underemphasized the, perf- the Imperfect Storm, but you really should listen to that. Not you, but one should really listen to I that. I mean, I, I probably will, but, you know, it, it's definitely one that you can go back to easily. Especially move different. That song, absolutely great. But so yeah, uh, what do you think? Album, movie. Uh, I think album. Yeah, sure. Either one, man. Okay, I I just I think I have a little bit more to say about Paddington, so I'd rather save it for last. But uh, so yeah, Genesis uh, Owusu Owusu Owusu. I, I fucking should have looked it up. I'm a piece of shit. Uh, just came out with smiling with no teeth with the scary album art that we've all seen in just treasure uh it's a fucking hour long 15 songs it's on the it's on the long side for me just a bit so i, I was already like kind of not looking super forward to it but then i was like i remembered the fucking i don't need you single or remix with mick jenkins and i was interested you know i was kind of low-key hype you play the first two songs and i'm like are we in blade like, I literally got fucking Blade vibes from it. I was like, what is... I thought this guy was a rapper. <laughs> I was not... Sure. And he, that was like a happy, maybe like 
at best like pop punk performance on the fucking uh, I don't need you and then we got like trance techno EDM shit and I was like what dude I <laughs> I don't know about you but I really liked how I was very confused like where each song would go uh, the diversity <laughs> was insane he, he was all over the place but it didn't feel bad it felt weird and i think that was like part of the intent yeah so i mean I, was, I really dug the weirdness that's literally yeah. why i liked it uh because you know the beginning as you said it's just that just hard techno i don't, I don't know what to call it man I, I called it trance. I don't know what you call that. It just felt strange. Just kind of that, uh, I don't know, just that, that uh, Death Grips kind of sound at first, and then he moves on to the trippy pop, and then it moves on to the classic rock, like Elton John song, and then it moves on to the uh, acoustic guitar gospel-sounding right. song. Yeah. It's like, crazy how much, yeah. It's crazy yeah. how much this album accomplished with just you know separate songs being separate genres. Like uh, like that yeah. uh, that 1974 album that we listened to that they hit you know eight 1974 75. Thank you. Yeah, I can remember. Fucking that weird pop band. Same thing. They uh they have like you know ten ish different like distinct you know you could argue like pop is different from indie pop is different from pop punk but like it's pop you know what i mean right. pop right and they tried to do like eight or nine different genres like that and this dude's doing like 12 <laughs> and doing it way better and i still don't think like the transitioning is quite right for me but at least in this case it felt like we're trying to do this int- or you know i'm trying to do this interesting off-beat, off-color, off-script kind of thing, whereas 1975 felt, like, really forced down my throat, like, we were experimental now, like, ooh, yes. we smoked weed once, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, that, yeah, exactly, that 75, 1975 album felt experimental with air quotes around it, whereas this album yeah. felt experimental. And it's probably just, you know, me not really knowing the artist super well, not really having expectations, not, you know really knowing anything about like his following or like what his thing is but like distinctly like on his wiki page like he's a rapper so i was just very confused even just hearing the first song because i was like oh shit like this already is like defying my expectations not in a good or bad way just in like a what am i even listening to um my only yeah. basis was that uh don't need you song the single you were mm-hmm. talking about with mick jenkins but so i had no idea what to expect and then i was still not knowing what to expect as I was listening to the album. Uh, yeah, like you said, I, I don't know the baseline of, you know, Genesis's actual discography or if this if this album's, you know, kind of samey compared to his other albums. I, I have no idea. But I still enjoyed the ride. It was just, it was... Wild is just a good word to describe yeah. this whole thing. It's a really interesting and good album, like... I'll say good. I absolutely love uh, Centerfold. The yes. third track, Centerfold, where he has the backwards words or the chorus. That is, I, no matter what I say, it'll be an understatement because it's amazing. I love listening to that song. I could probably listen to it on repeat and be 
fine for a while, you know, maybe not forever, but <laughs> fine for a while. Yeah. It just I, I thought definitely hit. Three, four, and five centerfold waiting on you and don't need you. Yep. I was like, probably not, maybe not my all three are my top three, but those are like three out of the top five, which is just really good. Well, I was going to circle this back to our whole trifecta. Yeah, the perfect trilogy. People figure it out, man. I don't know what this motif or phenomena is, but it's crazy that all these bands or groups can just have three songs in a row that are thematically the same and sound amazing, honestly. Right. Yeah, they don't miss. And that we independently recognize those three as being grouped. Like... Right. I, I don't know if there's an actual term for this or if this is even, I don't even know if this is intentional when we find these songs or whatever. I, I really don't. But it's weird that it keeps kind of happening over and over. Uh, I will say I did not like Drown. The Elton John sounding one. Yeah. Uh, basically songs six through ten I could have never listened to again and been perfectly happy. Oh, see, I, I was okay with the rest of uh... I like the fisherman one just because I don't know why. <laughs> a song about fishing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's like song 13. I'm looking right at it right now. So oh, I liked, okay. I liked 11 and 14, but literally 6 through 10, like right after our trilogy, I was like, this Sorry, is... Sorry, I don't have the numbers or the list mm. on me. So it's, so it's Drown, Gold Chain, Smiling with No Teeth, I okay. Don't See Color, Black Dogs. Well, see, didn't you care know... for any of those. I liked Whipcracker. I thought a song about fishing was okay. I didn't like it exactly, but it... It wasn't like evil or awful, and then no looking back. I liked. Yeah, I, I really for me, Drown was really the only one that uh, so I didn't care like for at all. Overtly negative. Well, that and that's the only one with a feature. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe he needs to stay in his own lane. <laughs> it just does yeah. it better. Uh, I you know I there's a lot to say about this album. Just that it goes all over the place, and obviously the diversity is pretty insane that this one man and whatever team of engineers, producers are capable of. I really liked how the song kind of teetered out. It just, there was a kind of a harsh slowdown with those last two songs, mm -hmm. uh, especially Bye Bye. I really liked as an outro song, uh, you know, comparing it to, comparing it to even Parcels. That last song in Parcels album, that credit mm -hmm. song, as much as I enjoy it, you know, musically, it just doesn't really add up. Whereas I think this Bye Bye, it definitely just thematically and musically makes sense. Kind of very cohesive. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I'd give it a pretty good, pretty damn good. I'd, I'd give it a really like Centerfold, man. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a really outweighing my score a lot. So... Probably an eight. I, I, I'm, ooh, okay. I'm, I'm totally fine to give this a seven. No problem. Like, you could maybe talk me like seven five. I think eight's probably overdoing it. I don't. There's a lot of songs I would not ever listen to again. Like as a listening experience, like you know, I kind of treat this as like going to a movie. I enjoyed the movie. I don't know that I would like rewatch it, and it's because certain scenes like were so dull to get through. Right. So like there are songs I'll come back to on this, but this is not like an album that I would like ever play all the way through again for any fucking reason. And again, it's just I think it's a lot of it's not even diluted, it's just a lot of stuff I don't like, which, you know, like the train CDM stuff was cool and jarring. I I don't like that music. So I'm like 
I'm not going to listen to those two. And those are the first two songs like off the rip. So you're like, eh. Yeah, they definitely then, threw you for a loop just starting off with that. But, you know, you can't, yeah, can't really argue with that. <laughs> like, as an album, I thought it was pretty good. It's like, like I would give it a seven. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, because it's so far or so all over the place, obviously there's going to be some negatives. So, yeah. But pretty good. And I feel like there should be more to say. But uh, if you want to move on to Paddington. I say I don't have anything else. So then we got... Uh... Paddington, Bear movie, 2014. Uh, I'm trying to think who directed Paul King. Paul King directed? Yeah, Paul King. I need to start writing these again. directors down. As somebody who like, tries to know these, <laughs> I, I don't seem to write these down. Yeah, yeah. Paul King directed Paddington. Uh, I'll start. I was pleasantly surprised. I wasn't sure how they were going to bring a animated bear into a normal household of a live-action movie and make it make sense or seemed like a reasonable thing um i thought the acting all around was pretty good the writing was good i thought the characters were all well developed like each character felt like a character um especially paddington who's obviously like the fucking titular big main thing i thought there were elements of like family movie silliness that i didn't exactly care for but i could totally understand why this was like such a well-regarded movie because it I had chalked, something for everyone yeah i chalked those up to necessary evils <laughs> just um, like, like a family movie is gonna have some things that i don't well so but like i think even and maybe it's just because it's a british thing but like they could get away with so much more humor that i don't think we could have been like an american paddington and maybe i'm mistaken but like like all the drinking that the old lady did to like basically like get the security guard to like fuck off. And then she came up on the rooftop drunk and stuff. I was like, for like, what I mean, what it's a PG rated movie, right? Like I felt yeah. like not to say that drinking alcohol is just evil, but like totally for a PG agree. movie in the States, I go like, I don't know that you could get away with a character like being drunk, like being drunk at work. And then like, being drunk as a means to like sabotage someone like it was really like a strange dynamic for like a family movie which i lo- it was very funny i, I, was I didn't up. even give it a second thought you know well that aspect of it specifically i didn't think of how audiences would take that i just kind of <laughs> accepted that there was a drunk lady um yeah like you said i was really pleasantly surprised even from the get-go you know just that uh, yeah, the black and white, like... Yeah, the letterboxed old footage where they're, he's narrating it and you see the black and white just shots of him meeting the bears and whatnot. Um, and then to even just the small transitions, they only did it once, but, like, the orange well, that was carved and it said a few years later, it was after, oh, yeah, literally yeah. after the beginning. I just thought that was such a nice and subtle touch. It just adds character to the film when you have all these aspects come together like that. I thought a lot of the CG and effects, actually, now that we're talking about that, were really good, too. Like, some of the marmalade, obviously, like, looked a little fake, and obviously it's a fucking CG bear, so there's only so much you can do. But, like, from him sliding to people, like, getting out of his way, it didn't feel like I was watching someone stand in front of a green screen or, like, next to a little green ball and, you know, dodge the green ball. It looked like, shit, like, they were interacting with a fucking bear. <laughs> you know right, I mean? yeah, it was, it was or, uh, very effective. When he, flooded, when he flooded their house, even, like, same situation, I went, like, that looks like they really fucking flooded the place and that they really got wet and that, you know, I don't know. Speaking of the effects, I want to take a minute to talk about 
what a good job the animators did in capturing a bear with human emotions. Because I thought that was really impressive. I mean, bears aren't... I don't see a bear as the most emotive creature in the world. For sure, for sure not. So when they did the, uh, the gag where he's teaching Mr. Brown how to roar, like in bear talk, and yeah. he's offended by it, just the subtlety of his face was like impeccable and just added yeah. to the I don't know the just the comedy of that scene just the the character of it all and Paddington as a character the little animated touches and just his movement like how he walked and how he buttoned up his jacket they're just like very slow and almost soft movements and that's just a really well job they did I also like they, they uh you know, as far as, like, the plot and, like, again, family movies always have, you know, some underarching, like, themes or goals or lessons to be learned kind of thing. And obviously this is, like, you know, seeking asylum and what is home and, you know, taking people in and obviously family and friendship and camaraderie and working as a team and a bunch of stuff. But in this movie, like, I thought the big thing was going to be, like, Paddington because I, I vaguely remember some of the marketing stuff, but like Paddington needs a home. He came from some place and is in England and is like a stranger in a foreign land. And I thought that was going to kind of be the main thing. And it was, but then they also pivoted with like a, there's also not only is he, you know, for sake of being in a new place and out of touch and, you know, not an Englishman and a fucking bear, not a person, but, uh, the whole oh there's a villain also and the villain wants to get you so you know it's kind of like a two-pronged thing and i don't think they like favored one over the other i think they kind of just like dealt with both naturally and they both kind of progressed together um so yeah i thought i thought it was good i didn't uh i didn't really have a problem with the narrative at all nor like how they resolved the na- either either narrative really yeah nothing um, nothing felt too hokey it wasn't there wasn't any you know uh MacGuffin that was in your face, just you know, pounded into your face or anything, which is really nice. And like you were saying, it struck a nice balance or struck struck sure. a nice balance between having an actual plot and then having thematic elements of a kids exactly. movie. Um, and I will even say that I really like Nicole Kidman's villain. I thought it was really good. Just the way she moved and the way she talked, I, her outfitting, her costume design, just, I don't know. And what she did with the uh, the first scene of her, when you see the taxidermy and then mm-hmm. you see the body behind the wall, I just think that was such an effective scene to provide for uh, background on a character, you know, with, with one was... scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think the background was good. I think the... Even just like the use of the villain was interesting enough because they didn't necessarily need it, mm-hmm. but it did. I think it did add an element to the movie that it wouldn't have been as good without. But I didn't exactly like that they had to make her related to the explorer. That felt a little weird, and you know, like if anything was cliche in this movie, it was that to me. Yeah, it, like, it was almost it too felt unnecessary. Yeah, it made her like, too relevant to the plot. I think she was relevant exactly. enough without having to add that secondary. Oh, here's a twist because this is a movie. Like 
and I feel like, you know, if there really was an Explorer's Guild and there really was a, you know, a natural history museum of sorts that curated these exotic animals, that even if for the wrong intentions, she must be acutely aware of species of animals that exist. You know, even if she's not a member of the guild, which she probably would be. And if she's a member of the guild, whether or not she was even a young girl at the time, she would still have access to these records and understand why it's hush-hush, we don't talk about it, you know? So I'm like, to make her related to the guy who was, you know, stricken or whatever, and that she would be so resent, like, her resentment towards her dad felt lazy. Like, that whole connection between them felt weird because I'm like, your dad stood up for something good, and you're mad about, like, something petty, like, money as a little girl, and you, that little pettiness, not being rich and famous as a little girl, haunted you so much that you didn't seek out fame and fortune for yourself. You became, like, a lesser version of your dad who doesn't even explore but collects, you know, not even priceless relics. It felt very weak. Like, it felt like, oh, here's this core-defining feature of my character— but it's really not that core or defining. <laughs> they didn't felt really weird at all. Uh, felt really weird. I would have even taken maybe she was the daughter of a rival adventurer or something. They could exactly. have done something exactly. there. But yeah, like and I was said, kind of excited it's... to see the old man. You know, maybe be like a, I don't know, like a, I don't know, flamboyant is the right word, but you know, like when uh, Grandpa Joe in yeah, 100%. gets his walking <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, he goes from some, you know, oh, shit, I'm sad and lonely and no one loves me. And oh, shit, we got the golden, t you know, Paddington's here. Like, I, that's what I thought was going to happen. And I was a little disappointed that it didn't, but that's my own Did you know, a, yeah, imagination. Uh, the Takes movie the itself was still great with its lack of... Uh... Excellent. That's the one flaw, and it's really not that big. Like, that's just a me being like, I could have written this better, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> There's nothing I can say that there's no critical flaw in this movie for sure it makes me curious um because speaking of the fact that we're definitely going to watch episode two at some point you know episode two paddington episode two yeah okay. yeah star wars story um what possibly and i don't even want to look it up i i don't really care i'm just curious like it didn't really end in a way that made me think like i need a second one of these you know like what adventures could paddington get on what lessons can be learned like what story I'm thinking... can we tell I'm thinking relative bears. You know, other other bears come to town. They're like, "Hey, Paddington, you know uh, that movie Country Bear?" I was gonna say they do Country Bears. They <laughs> yeah. Country Bears this, but Paddington, Country Bears to it. A hundred percent. That's what I thought. And they just come to town. Hijinks ensues. Boom! Whole cast of bears. I mean, I guess. And the only reason I even care is that I really. I really wouldn't want to watch Paddington 2 if I didn't know that everyone thinks Paddington 2 is better than Paddington 1. Or I shouldn't say everyone, but you know what I mean. Like, the vast majority of people and, you know, film critics, etc. Like, it's, for whatever reason, this understood thing that Paddington 2 somehow only got better and more charming and more interesting. And so I'm like, just from a plot perspective, I go, there wasn't anything left ambiguous for me except for maybe, like, what happens to his aunt, you know, at the Home for Old Bears. Right. And I don't really care. <laughs> you know, like she either gets old and dies or she, you know, gets sick and like he needs to go take care of her. So he moves back or the family, the Browns go down to Peru or she comes up to London and there's some weird thing there. And she's like, oh, well, you know, you need to find out who your parents are, whatever. Like 
it's something like that but i go like is that worthy like i'm curious how they make it worthy how they make it good so i'm interested to see what i i simply hope that they make it as quaint and relaxing as this movie was because it was so nice it was almost decompressing as i was watching the movie and even when there was exciting things happening i was like ah paddington (laughs) like you got it. it it was super watchable and again without any of that fucking boring um what's the word you used fucking like yes campy but not campy with an h schlock <laughs> it wasn't that one but sure yes uh matter. hammy it, hammed up I don't yeah know. yeah it wasn't hammed up like you know the dad's getting his fuck <laughs> they, they one they have a flashback of the dad being like this macho dude and literally like the second he, has the baby, <laughs> he becomes a fucking like actuary like that's great great little humor there and then when he like you know reinstills some of the confidence back in himself and is like, oh, I'm gonna go rescue Paddington. I'm gonna Mission Impossible scale this wall here. Speaking of, they had two separate Mission Impossible gags, two separate ones, and that's just kind of weird. All right, I listen. I get the Mission Impossible gag. It's hard not to do it in a kids movie, but two of them, even the suction cup one with the lights. Like, that's literally yeah. ripped from Mission Impossible 4. <laughs> oh, it was a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, and so I... I mean, you know what? More power to them that they're ballsy enough to put that blatant of a gag or homage. But, yeah. And then I also want to... Just a quick note. This movie does something so well, and I think it's definitely over overlooked. It has winter time. But there's no Christmas story inside. There's no Christmas theme. There's no Santa Claus and K and song. There's nothing, and it was great. I love. How the long fact. did you think the story was going for? Probably a total of like a month. Right, like he gets on the containment ship. That's maybe a week. He gets in London. He's there for like two weeks, and then the last little bit is like the final week of him being in London. That's what I assumed. Yeah. That's kind of what I assume too. So if this is like November going into December-ish, kind of what the vibe I was getting, because it seemed like a first snow. It seemed like no other reason for snow to start happening other than it was like right. some of the first snow of the year. Is it really that rainy in England, like even in November? Because it was raining like every other day. And I get, you know, it's a gag. Written. It's always raining in London, like haha. But I don't know. I, I felt, guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't I don't know how the seasons work. Is it really just rainy and then snowy? <laughs> like, <Yep. you> know? <laughs> Confirmed on stream. It just goes from rain to snow and then back to rain. There's no yeah, in-between. So yeah, so I just couldn't tell if that was like a bit or if a lot more time had elapsed, you know, and like the rainy season happened and now we're moving into snow. Like I couldn't tell if that was an intentional defining time for us thing that a lot of movies can do. Like if they step outside and there's you know, I think that was more the trees. years capping off. It's snowing, so the story's capping off. You yeah, know. and thank God they didn't fucking do a Christmas. I would have shot so myself. so nice. Holy shit. I didn't know I don't... Or sorry, I didn't know I needed this. Because I was literally expecting some Christmas song at the end. Or, uh, you know, some imagery of Christmas. I, I didn't even want... Yeah, I didn't even want to see fucking Christmas lights. Nope. Nope. I didn't want to see a Christmas tree. <laughs> nope. yep. I didn't want to see a fucking nativity scene. None of it. It instantly dates a movie, and so I'm glad that they did it. It's really nice. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm thinking the reason Paddington Two probably is 
did so much better is they probably did keep all the charm and all they did was make a strong plot. I'm just curious how they can make it strong. I just don't know which direction they'll go. I will talk like, about... Probably his parents, if I had to guess. I will talk about my one negative. Go for it. That credit song was very painful. I, it's not even a real negative, because... I, <laughs> I was like, I didn't even watch no, the no, credits. No. The second the movie ended, I turned that shit off. Okay, well, it's absolutely painful. It's some pop just... Oh, absolute garbage. Uh, don't listen to it. Please don't. I We're gonna end was, up loving it, aren't I? It was literally the only negative thing about this movie. Because my other Pharrell Williams and Gwen Stefani Oh my god, of course it was. Shine. Of course it was, of course. Alright, uh this is pretty pretty damn good out of ten for me. I'd give this an eight. I would give this like an eight or an eight five even. I could go as far as eight five, but I can't think of a Family movie outside of like Lion King one and a half that I enjoyed as much as this. Uh, I mean, define family movie because like Spider Verse and Soul were pretty good. Soul's good. I might even nah. I think Soul's a little worse than this movie. Soul Soul would take a bit for me to watch again. Soul's probably this a I could watch yeah, probably any time. Uh, I could and, watch Paddington if someone asked me probably tomorrow. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I could watch Paddington. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, uh, just for the, what, what, what just was the for other the one scene. that you said? Not Soul? Uh, Spider-Verse? See, I think Spider-Verse is a better movie than this. I don't exactly know what Spider-Verse is like. That's what I was family. saying to find yeah. family movie because like that's a that's definitely a Spider-Verse statement. Spider-Verse feels like PG-13, I think. I don't think it is, not. though. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't really completely contending your statement but i was just trying to think of ones that might be comparable or comparable to this uh, i can't tell you a live action one for sure if that is more accurate i think of a statement yeah maybe and maybe live action family because i'm like yeah hotel transylvania like i get i get people have things you know? no, I, I literally can't tell you a live action family movie i've liked in the last i don't know while <laughs> this is like a uh oh actually sorry i'm gonna change how i word this you i got some good news for you you don't have to watch mm-hmm. sonic the hedgehog because this really? is literally just the better version every single step even the villain like sonic is just jim carrey trying to be this villain and it's just not good Damn. <laughs> yeah so you don't have to watch it anymore you pretty much got it what's the word for giving a movie a rating what is that like the company or the group, there's like an acronym for Medicare it that they make the rating. No, no, not a critical rating. Like oh, the a MPAA. this is rated PG. MDAA. MPAA, Motion Picture Association, something of America yeah, or something. I believe so. Oh yeah, then Spider Man into Spider versus PG. So yeah, well, we'll family live action is what we'll say. Then I, I completely agree. Completely agree. Won't argue with me or won't argue with you one bit. Honestly, uh, I kind of want to rewatch Spider Verse. I liked it a lot. It was so good looking. Okay, right, yeah. before we get on the tangent, yeah, before we get on to the tangent. All right, so our album this week is going to be Gorillas by Gorillas, and our movie, <laughs> and our movie is going to be Paths to Glory. We will see you next week on episode twenty nine of the Worst Critics. I am Noah Davis. 
I'm Jarbina. And check us out on Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts. We will see you next week. We're out of here.